start this yeah all right we're gonna start this listeners you are listening to chewing the scenery horror movie podcast we are what you would call a podcast full of fun and frivolity <laughs> this is gonna be a really light-hearted one once i finish this drink you'll be full of fun and frivolity <laughs> yes uh we talk about a horror movie three of us friends who uh, are not professional critics we talk about a horror movie and we'll spoil it. Recently watched, mild spoilers or no spoilers. Um, or overt spoilers. What are you going to do? You're not paying us. Uh, we, <laughs> we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find the music on Apple Music or Amazon, where you can buy it digitally. And I did check that. You can still buy their stuff digitally. Say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays, and uh, we are chewing the scenery on Facebook and Instagram. Me personally, not so much on Facebook anymore. I've had it. I'm done. Yeah, I've not seen any posts by you, so I keep forgetting to uh, post pictures of what we watched. Post links. I- I'll try and remember. I'm going to be honest with you. It's it's about the um, the stupid people who think they know a lot about politics. Mm-hmm that's what's driving me away from it. I can't, I just can't anymore. Right. It's when they're related to you. That makes it the hardest to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. So, I know. I'll say no more. Yeah. I know someone I'm related to that. I have to hide stuff from. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's at the point now where I'm just not doing it anymore. I just won't. I, I mean, okay. I, I, it used to be just post the episode stuff. I'm still posting that to the Chewing the Scenery Facebook page. That's all I'm going to do on Facebook until after the election. Right. What's that character on The Simpsons? Nelson, the one that goes, ha ha. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm just going to put that on a loop. (laughs) If it goes the way I think it's going to go. Yeah. (laughs) It's just going to be Nelson pointing and laughing, pointing and laughing, just on a loop. I was uh, uh, talking to someone today. I was asking because he's in one of the uh, states where it's really spiking, and uh, I was worried about him. And and, uh, so I asked him what it's like, and he he told me. And you know, people being sitting outside, and then uh, they're reversing course and that because you know, guess what happened? It made me think. uh, You know, what if they uh, what if they had the Monroeville Mall? during a zombie apocalypse and they said oh folks come on in just just keep moving fast you'll be okay yeah yeah you'll be fine yeah what could possibly go we wrong don't, we're not even we're past that point though now we're just it never happened <laughs> it never happened yeah, yeah. that zombie chewing on you is not real <laughs> no <laughs> you know there's never happened. Lefty? besides <laughs> if we did something it'd take away our freedom 
Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think it would ever come to a point where people would think doing something for their own safety was a, a political issue because viruses yeah. don't care about politics. My priority is like protecting other people around me, you know, cause I, I live with, uh, got an elderly woman in the house. Right. I've got to be doubly careful. Right. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just, uh, yeah. What's wrong with doing that? Yeah. I, I can't think of a single thing wrong with being safe, but what do we know? You know, this, <laughs> this has already killed more people than Vietnam. But and the first world war. Yes. Yeah. Uh, those are American losses. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is just—is <laughs> this the fun and frivolity we promised at the beginning of the episode? Uh, yeah. We, maybe we should cut this bit. <laughs> I might have to. Ah. Hey, what should we tell our those listeners? Tune in to listen to. <laughs> they do. Should we tell our listeners about the coloring book? Yes. You should. All right. We made a Plan Nine from Outer Space coloring book. It is. Well, you're languishing at home with coronavirus wave two. <laughs> yeah, the, you I know, might color some pictures. It's still wave one. It's like you you're not going to get a hangover if you just stay drunk. We're, exactly. <laughs> we're not going to get a second wave if we just stay in the first wave. So while we're still in the first wave, you know, as it dips and dives and skyrockets, uh, you could get this coloring book we made, and it's uh, it's a big fat coloring book. It's got all kinds of crisp professional illustrations that the three of us did. You can get it at plan9coloringbook.com or go to Etsy, you know Etsy, where you buy stuff, and go to the Screen Monsters uh, shop. And that is screen as in movie screen, monsters as in monsters. And you can buy it there. And um, if I'm near my stickers or buttons or something, I'll throw something extra in. Uh, I did that for Mike. He gave us a good positive review on Etsy and, uh, Oh, excellent. Yeah. I had a pack of crayons laying around and some, uh, Lebowski dude buttons that I made. And I think I sent him some stickers too. So that was cool. Um, anyway, yeah, get our coloring book. It's, it supports <laughs> once we get past break, even it supports us as artists. <laughs> I think we're three colors. We should do another one with, with, uh, uh, bad movies in general, like bad sci-fi, so we could do Robot Monster. Yeah. Uh, maybe The Creeping Terror. Yeah. You know. Yeah, anything that's like a cardboard robot or a shag carpet monster. Exactly, yeah. Robots and monsters. Yeah. We should just do it, right? We. <laughs> How hard could it be? It only took... Two years. Yeah, just, it took like three years. So this one will only take half the time. Right. Yeah. So, you know, by the fourth or fifth coloring book, we'll really have it down. <laughs> we will have run out of ideas, but. Go to the uh, public domain website and see what's available. Yeah, like the Screaming, yeah. screaming Skull and Devil Bat and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, a lot of those movies. I know Robot Monsters public domain. 100%. Night of the Living Dead, but that's a good movie. I like that one. Um, should we do Recently Watched? Yeah, why sure. don't you go ahead? You want, me to, off. you want me to kick it off? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, so, uh, you guys know I've been watching Cold Case Files. I watched a couple more of those. There's not much to say except for someone gets killed. 
some uh, okay. some motivated cop thirty years later solves it, and uh, a lot of times it's DNA because bad guys back in the they don't solve it; they just a lab solves it. <laughs> yeah, well, they they think of what to check on, but uh, so I watched a couple more of those. Um, not much to report there; it's just a series. Um, finally, finally pulled down the big screen, got the projector dialed in and watched a movie on the big 11 foot wide screen that the former owner (laughs) left with the house. So we've been in this house almost a year. It It was great. It looks great. Uh, we have to hook up some sort of a sound, uh, speaker, you know, like one of those little speakers that doesn't look like it would be loud, but is, yeah, you know, those. You know, yeah, <laughs> they're about the size of a tall boy beer can laying on its side. <laughs> it's louder than anything I've ever owned. Um, anyway, we don't have that hooked up yet, but we watched Ford versus Ferrari, and that's got Christian Bale and Matt Damon in it. It's about a 1966 race where um, the people who uh, were representing Ford tried to strike a deal with Ferrari, and then Ferrari used that to leverage a deal. Uh, with Fiat to say, oh, see, these guys are interested. You should buy us. So Fiat bought Ferrari, and uh, which is weird if you think about it. Do you guys, are you familiar with the quality of, the considered quality of yes. Fiat? Okay. Fiat's a terrible car. Fix it again, Tony. That's what people used to tell me it stood for. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, <laughs> so anyway... Um, this movie is also known as Le Mans 66 in uh, the European markets. Uh, had music by uh, Marco Beltrami. Um, there's an interesting tie-in here, and I'll tell you about it in a minute. But uh, Christian Bale plays Ken Miles, who was a British guy living in the U.S., who was uh, like a really good engineer and mechanic and knew just by driving a car, what was not working and what to do to really tweak it and get it dialed in and all the finer points of making it faster and more um, roadworthy as you go into all these crazy turns. So Christian Bale probably did all kinds of insane things to get ready for the role, I would assume. But he does a very good job um, as Ken Miles. Matt Damon plays uh, Carol Shelby, uh, who is well known for the Shelby Cobra, which was a very fast car, but uh, they're working on getting um, something put together where they're going to win some races with like Ford's sales are crap and they want to make Ford like the name for sporty vehicles and uh, race cars, fast race winning race cars. So of course there's a lot of politics in the, um, in the world of uh, uh, corporate automobiles. So, they finally kind of get their way and, and do some cool stuff and I won't spoil it as promised. Uh, interesting point though. Uh, the actor who plays Ken Miles young son. Um, I don't know if his last name is supposed to be Jupe or Yupe, but uh, Noah Yupe or Noah Jupe. <laughs> uh, he's a young British actor who was in a quiet place. Marco Beltrami did the music for A Quiet Place also. So that's kind of a funny little roundabout tie-in. This generally gets really good reviews. I wasn't bored for a minute, although I don't really care about car racing. Uh, It was pretty exciting and fun. 
the set decoration, right. the vehicles, the costumes, everything was really spot on for the mid sixties. Um, so there was this really interesting guest on one of the podcasts I listened to, um, uh, David Polites, and uh, he was talking about missing four one one, and so it's this documentary where this guy sort of, um, I think he was like a uh, previously he was a police detective, but he was doing a lot of this uh, stuff with statistics, and he's trying to draw some parallels between why these disappearances are happening in certain places more commonly than other places. So he started looking at what do all of these disappearances have in common? And uh, so he has this whole list of like a dozen things that uh, like, do they have eight or 10 things that, that can be ticked off of this list? And if so, why is this happening? So it's really interesting. And you're watching this and you're going, wow, these people just disappeared without a trace. And they're like this experienced hunter who's hunted in this place dozens of times. And then they just go the wrong way and they're gone and no one ever sees them again. It just doesn't make sense. And like this person parks their car and they go down to this stream to go fishing and they just vanish. So I know what you're thinking. It's either a serial killer or a Bigfoot. Well, I was thinking flying saucer. Yeah, or that. Bigfoot sometimes travels in a flying saucer. Well, you get yeah, to, that's you, true. you get toward the end of this movie and there's some very credible people, it seems, who talk about some really crazy sounds they heard near their hunting camp. And this isn't terribly far from where some of these people have disappeared. So, Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot, yeah. That's a mild spoiler. I mean, if you had any idea... Is... I was going to say, can I spoil this one for you? <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be Bigfoot. It could be the Bigfoot. I, I love Bigfoot how... Blair Witch. <laughs> right? Ooh. It could be a Blair Witch. Or, you know... The... It could be a Blair Witch. With big can't feet. rule it out. <laughs> right? I tried watching... Well, they rarely work together, but... Yeah, a lot of times it's a business deal and not so much a friendship. I tried watching one no. on uh, on Shudder called uh, Ghost Killers versus Bloody Mary. And I couldn't get very far into it. There's a... I don't know if it's South America in general... Uh, it just seems like the humor was a little slapsticky and a little silly. And I don't know. I couldn't get very far in it. I might try again. But uh, it, it was it was a little silly. I wasn't really too uh, motivated to keep going with it. But I've gone back into things before after, after kind of opting out. So that and I watched The Lodge uh, right after our last episode. And then today I watched a few 15-minute, 20-minute increments of it to kind of reacquaint myself with the mood and some of the occurrences that if you know the ending, then you're looking for things as you watch yeah. it the second time. And that was interesting to give it a second look. So that's what I did. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll go next. Okay. Uh, I watched a couple episodes of my favorite reality show. Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. So I've grown sort of tired of the idiots. Is that uh, about the uh, actors? Y- yeah. Wait, actors. wait staff. <laughs> yeah, they, they wait staff at a, re- at a couple restaurants. Uh, they're terrible people. I don't know. 
it may be the joke's gone on too long, but I, I, I still get a kick out of some of their just, just uh, completely unaware moments. They're just so far from being self-aware. It's hilarious. But uh, then I watched uh, Rosemary's Baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure you've all heard of that one. Uh, fantastic movie. Watch it again. Uh, I think it's even scarier <clears throat> to think of being a woman in 1966 than the the witch part if you watch it like nobody wants to let her be her own person in that movie they not any they talk about her like she's not in the room or or believe uh, anything she says oh they i mean of course that's going to happen in a horror movie but yeah yeah they're they talk about her in the room like oh she'll gain more weight later <laughs> you know i don't want you reading this book so he throws it away you know we won't even talk about the rape. Uh, but uh, still, excellent movie. Yeah, uh, I kind of wondered if we should do an episode called Good Movies by Terrible People. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that that's was, a good episode. Because that was, that was Roman Polanski. Yes, and I love Rosemary's Baby and Chinatown. Yeah. I, I, I don't... <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I can give him up. I mean, if he put out a new movie, I wouldn't support him. But yeah, oh, what God. can I do? You know? Yeah, you've got um, so many, so many horrible people who've made good movies. I'm sorry, keep going. Well, you know, I, I've wondered about this too. It's like, why are so many artists horrible people? I mean, you know, but aren't they kind of showing you a reflection of? society and if you have a sick society you're gonna have a sick artist uh yeah that's probably true it doesn't excuse the bad behavior but yeah it's probably true oh certainly not <laughs> <laughs> and that's it that's that's all i watched this week wow but rosemary's baby is a good long movie yeah i forgot it was like almost two and a half hours yeah jolian what about you yeah um, well, uh, let's see. So I'll do this in order of watching, not quality. Sure. Um, uh, Bruce Lee versus Superman. Ooh. Yeah. Another Bruce Bloitation, uh movie. Um, uh, so this is one. Uh, this concerns gangsters having trouble with the Green Hornet. Uh, but the Green Hornet's not in it. But Kate is. And he's played by Bruce Lee. And then uh, with with an ally, yes, and uh, uh, but he doesn't. He's not dressed as Kato for most of the movies, so I'm wondering if he's the same guy. Uh, and sometimes he dresses in the, the superhero costume with his friends, but then you don't see them for most of the movie. Um, so it's kind of confusing. Anyway, the gangsters are having trouble with the Green Hornet, so they call in Superman, who is this. Um, uh, this uh, Chinese guy with moustache and uh, frizzy hair who wears this like black uh, outfit and a and a white cape, and uh, and Superman has has got his powers, which are a, a troop of acrobats who wear masks, and uh, the the payment uh, 
as you'll remember from the Superman TV series, is uh, they want a truck full of booze and ten women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, the soundtrack includes seventies uh, prog rock and electronica. Like there's a uh, Kraftwerk's Autobahn playing when uh, when uh, Bruce Lee's having sex with his girlfriend, one of his girlfriends. <laughs> uh, there's this loop of. Um, uh, do you know Emerson, Lake, and Palmer? Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It's one of their their tracks. I think it's Hall of the Mountain King, but uh, it's on a loop. And it just goes on forever and ever. It's, oh. it's off the original. But um, anyway, um, there's a. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's really cheap, so there's like hardly any special effects in it at all. If you're expecting a superhero movie to have any effects at all, yeah, this has none. Um, there's this, there's this great scene where they're uh, they're waiting for the kidnappers to call them on the phone. So they're just standing around in this apartment. And this goes on for like a couple of minutes. They're just walking around, <laughs> looking at the phone. And very, you see some kidnap movies where this is like really tense, like uh, high and low is like super tense. So they're just waiting for this phone call to come in. Um, but this one is just incredibly boring. It's just like, you can just feel them watching the clock and uh oh yeah we'll get a cheap five minutes out of today's filming you know uh, uh yeah i i wonder what my fascination with these bruce exploitation films is there's, there's something something tragic about this obviously skilled performer who's been relegated to impersonating his his own hero um anyway uh we've been watching a couple of the uh classic uh, miss marvel movies you know, classics of the uh, Pardon My Murder genre. Yes. Oh. So the second one's called uh, Murder at the Gallop uh, from 1963. Uh, same team, uh, so Margaret Rutherford and uh, uh, Robert Morley's in the cast. Um, Catcher Douglas from Day of the Triffids is in there. Oh, okay. uh, in the original uh, Agatha Christie novel, it's uh, Hercule Poirot, but... Uh, uh, she's investigating this like a uh, uh, horse stables hotel, um, and it's, it's it's nicely lit like the first one. But there's uh, as the series goes on, there's they're leaning more and more on the comedy. Mm. It's kind of disappointing because in the first one, it it kind of beautifully plays off the actual scary, grim stuff going on against the comedy. There's mm-hmm. good uh, uh, balance, but um, yeah, this one is it just felt too light. Uh, for me, um, and I watched a uh, a zombie movie called uh, Blood Quantum. Uh, came out last year. Uh, this is a Canadian zombie film. That's the uh, one that's on Shutter. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen it? Not yet. Um, so this is uh, the second film by Jeff Barnaby. Uh, he's a Nigma uh, Native American. Um, and this is set on the uh, Red Crow Indian Reservation up in, uh, I think it's in Quebec or Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set in 1981. Uh, um, so it, uh, in the first uh, quarter of hour, hour or so, uh, I've got to warn you, there's a, a dog dies, uh, fish get gutted, uh, there's some puking and pooping. Uh, but after 18 minutes, it's all humans getting scragged, so uh, you can relax. Uh, um, <laughs> 
I could have done with less of the soap, it seems like more padding, because it's a really interesting situation. You've got, you know what blood quantum is? No. Uh, blood quantum is how, uh, originally it was uh, it was done by the, uh, the white settlers to uh, decide on who's uh, white or not uh, in regards to everyone else. Yeah. So they lumped in African-Americans, um, and Native Americans, and then uh, and today it's still going because it's used by uh, tribes to decide how much of percentage of your blood is from that tribe, and if you don't have a high enough percentage, then depending on which tribe you're yeah. trying to join, uh, they'll let you in or not. Mm. Um, but anyway, in the, in the film, um, the uh, uh, the only people who are immune to it are the, uh, the local crow uh, group, and uh, they live across this bridge from the the townies. It's uh, so mostly the white people, and uh, so the, the crow are the only ones who are immune to the zombie breakout. Okay. Um, so it's quite an interesting situation, which they don't really have the budget to go into that much. Mm. Because uh, what what happens is uh, you see the start of the outbreak and then it skips to six months later and they've built this kind of Mad Max uh, fortress across the bridge and then they've got all this uh, stuff set up to limit the intake of people, townies who are escaping or uh, the zombies coming across the bridge. And they have this huge, um, uh, I don't know what it is, it's kind of this rotary fan thing they set up across the bridge so that the zombies just walk into it. <laughs> nice. Uh, there's some really good gore in this movie uh, every now and then. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I wish they got more into uh, the reversal situation where they're the they're the dominant group, they're the survivors, and, and the white people are the ones who are suffering the disease and the violent massacre. Um but uh, yeah, it, it it looks really good. It's really well shot. Um, so I thought it was quite interesting. There's the occasional animated bits in it. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, you check it out. If you've got Shutter, it's free. All right. Uh, and then I watched uh, Black Girl from 1966. This is uh, uh, this, I think this is the debut by Sembene. Um uh, it's about a girl named uh, Diwana who's um, she's looking for employment uh, with a white family. She's in uh, Dakar, and, uh, and they they bring her in. She thinks she's going to be their uh, uh, kind of nanny, taking care of their kids, and she's you know she's into that. Um, but when she turns up in uh, Antibes in France, um, she finds out that they just they just want to use her as a, a servant. Oh. She's not not allowed outside and she's you know she's right there in between nice and Cannes, so she's in this beautiful area of france but she can't see any of it um but it, it's kind of a uh if you if you remember atlantics from last year mm -hmm. um, uh -huh. it's kind of a good companion piece to that and it's, it's a good film in its own right oh, that's cool. uh, and then i saw uh the watermelon woman uh from 1996 this is uh this is filmed by cheryl Danier. Um, she plays this, uh, she directed it, wrote it and everything. Uh, she's a video shop worker and uh, she's an aspiring filmmaker and she discovers um, uh, 
there was this uh, a black lesbian woman in the 1930s active in Hollywood. And she's so she wants to uh, find out more about her, and she's like looking into his archives of film and. Uh, so, and it puts together all this false history because she wants to uh, build up this history that's, that has never been acknowledged. And uh, uh, people who are playing like all these mammy characters back in the 30s weren't even credited. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd be too far down in the cast to credit. Um, and uh, there's, there's all sorts of cameos turn up in it, like uh, Camille Paglia is in it at one point. Really? Um, but uh, yeah, that... Uh, she, uh, Cheryl Dunye is now in, um, uh, she's in pre-production on uh, adapting a novel by Joel Gomez called The Gilder Stories. Have you heard of that one? Uh, it's about a uh, black lesbian vampire who, and it, and she's, uh, it, it shows her in different points in history from 1850 up to 2050. So wow. I, I think that might be interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what I watched. Excellent. Apart from during uh, dinner time just now when we watched a uh, bit of Love Boat. Oh, who were uh, the, the guests? I'd never seen it before. I, I didn't recognize anyone on it. Um, but it, it was weird. It was like watching um, it's kind of this cheesy TV version of Poseidon Adventure where the boat doesn't actually tip over, which I thought that might make a good series, you know, if you're in it. Yeah. Every week that boat turns over and you find romance um and and uh it's got a laugh track on it it's really weird it's like it's this romantic thing and then all of a sudden there's this terrible laugh track on it Ooh, i don't even remember that <laughs> yeah i'd never seen it before it's it's, it's <laughs> very uh, weird american experience yeah i don't remember it either i, I don't remember the laugh Thanks, track boy. either but i do remember as a kid uh you watched whatever was on the tv because you only had three channels and Mm-hmm. Chances yeah. are, if the best you had was Love Boat, well, the other <laughs> the other two things must have been pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but I do remember I do remember being annoyed with uh, the romantic parts of it. There'd there'd always be like this couple like out on some deck and it's evening and like everything's quiet and the ocean's going by and they're just talking. It's like boring. Let's see some <laughs> let's see some antics. <laughs> Where's Sonny Bono uh, dressed? I listen to a podcast. Go ahead. <laughs> dressed as Gene Simmons. Deacon uh, Dark. <laughs> uh, I'm listening to podcasts, so I, I finished up um, you know, The Secret History of Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The last in their Val Luton series. Uh, yeah, the last episode is six hours long. Wow. Wow. And it, So it's from uh, Bedlam all the way through to his death. And... Uh, but it is great, really good series. That's I have awesome. To to that one. Hold on one second. He's off. Yes, do you need the cap on? See, I can fix this in post. Sorry about that. No worries. Somebody's yelling at the door. Uh, you can't that have works. It. Fireworks here. Yeah. Get your fireworks. Yeah. Have you, you can't have a closed door in a house with a cat. No. <laughs> um, so this movie, did you guys kind of feel like the opening scene with the dollhouse was like 
a dollhouse within a dollhouse because it sort of oh yeah it okay I know that was intentional but I'm and I don't think it was necessarily subtle but I could have imagined yeah, they it. switched back and forth yeah several times it would be the real house and then you or they you know they pull back and you realize oh you're in the dollhouse or by yeah. And they have Madonna paintings in both of them as well. Yes, exactly. That's right. Did you recognize Alicia Silverstone right away? Yeah. No. I, I didn't recognize her the first viewing, and then I thought, well, I'm going to go read uh, some of the IMDb notes on this, and I went, wait a minute, that was her? And Yeah. yeah. No, I, I said when she appeared, I was like, is that Alicia Silverstone? And it was. And then she I think got it up till she uh, burst out crying, and then I thought, "Oh, Elsa." <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Um, she doesn't make it. What six minutes into the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, blows her brains out. That was. Um, I, I won't say it was startling as well. The fact that it happened wasn't as surprising as the fact that it just suddenly happened. Yeah, yeah she, she does it before she drinks her wine. She pours herself some wine. I know. What? We made the same comment that she didn't finish her wine. At least finish the wine. Yeah. Huh, yeah, that was dark, though. Um, but Yeah, it was a dark beginning to a pretty dark movie. <laughs> but, it, but it doesn't, for the, for the fact that it's pretty dark, it doesn't drag or make you feel, I don't know, by maybe not the same for you guys but for me i didn't feel like oh this is a bummer i'm having a hard time watching this it was like no i'm intrigued i want to know what happens next so it certainly yeah i i didn't feel that you know bummed out by it at any point i didn't think it drug in any way yeah but it it is a pretty dark (laughs) little film um it was interesting that that uh the little girl had the miniature version of her mom, essentially the dollhouse doll as sort of an avatar of her mom through the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right down to the little red, uh, winter hat. Uh, Oh, I didn't even pick up on that detail. Yeah. Yeah. She had the, the matching winter hat that, uh, they were mad about the, the fiance wearing when they tried to go skating. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. Like these kids just lost their mom, and it's horrifying. And then just insult to injury, the poor little girl thinks she's just going to send that avatar up to heaven, and the balloon won't lift it. Oh, that was a that was harsh. Stupid yeah. gravity. Yeah, that's like the first nine minutes of the movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, where can it go from here? It's going to get real, cheer- real cheerful next. Uh, they, they kind of uh, time jump us six months to Thanksgiving. And uh, they're talking about going uh, to spend Christmas in the mountains. That's what the dad's talking about. And he's going to drive him up with grace and just leave him there for a couple days while he goes and does work stuff. And then he'll come back up. Oh, what a good idea. Yeah, yeah. She says she'll be okay. Sure. Yeah. Single dads full of good ideas. Seems like. Anyway. Um, yeah. And this... the kids find out that she was in a cult. Did they? Mm-hmm. Did they expressly say how they figured it out or found it out? 
when they one of her dad's or their dad's books. He is a reporter for a newspaper, but he wrote some true crime books. Oh, so he wrote about her. Yeah, because there's like a throwaway line that's like, see, it's in one of his books about cults. See, I thought it was one of his reference books, not one he wrote. No, I think that was one he wrote. Oh, weird. I didn't catch that. That was his book. When they're at home, they open up his laptop and they're looking through his research and they, that's where they find the videos of the, yeah. uh, the coal. Yeah, right right down to the police video of them discovering the bodies. No, that's not yeah. police video. That's uh, Grace going around with the camera. Oh, that's, oh, yeah, that's, that's point right. of view from her camera. Okay. Um, immediately you thought of uh, Heaven's Gate cult, right? Or were, uh-huh. or were you familiar with that? This one where they're supposed to go up to a spaceship or something? Yeah, the yeah. one that's following the, the Hale-Bopp comet. Oh, boy, were they not nutty at all. Oh, man. I I met a guy who was really into the, the thought that there was a UFO following Hale-Bopp. It was, was something else. Jeez. Yeah, they, um, they all put on matching Nikes, ate poisoned applesauce, wasn't it? Uh-huh. And then they covered themselves with purple shrouds like the boy was doing in that one scene in the dream yeah. sequence. And, um, well, then they lay there dead for several days till some sheriff found them. Who boy. Yeah. Um, so they hitched a ride on the, on the UFO following the Hale-Bopp comet. Yeah. That's... Uh, yeah, sure. Bigfoot was piloting it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so if listeners aren't familiar, um, the Heaven's Gate cult was a religious group uh, based in San Diego. So you could look that up. Um, The not crazy looking at all leader of the cult was Marshall Applewhite. And if you want to see see crazy eyes, (laughs) yeah, Um, 39 people. I don't know if that included him. Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it did. It was 39 people that died. Anyway. I think he was dying of cancer. He's like, I'm going to take, take all I these remember. idiots with me. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. If I'm going out, I'm taking you with. But yeah, that was crazy. Um, but yeah, this definitely had a bunch of parallels. Uh, radical Christian sect is what they uh, mentioned in the movie. And, uh, yeah, she's uh, she's literally scarred by the sect. She's got the cross on her hand. Yeah. The, the kids turned into little detectives real quick, though. How far well, how far through the movie was it when you started to feel pretty sure they were gaslighting her? Well, there's so many things that could be happening. Right. Yeah. What well, what were some of them you considered, Jolian? Uh. Well, are they being haunted by Laura, the dead mother? Um, she's she's obviously uh, she's uh, figuratively haunting them. Yes, because yeah, it's a fresh, bad, terrible memory. Um, but uh, you know, is she actually haunting them? Is the dad running an experiment because he's studying cults hmm. and? Uh, are the kids up to something, a la the innocence? Or have you seen like this the, the couple 
who directed this uh, did Good Night Mummy. Have you seen that one? Not yet. No. You've got to see that one. If you like this one, that's <clears throat> really cool. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Didn't? Yeah. I believe on the podcast you talked about that. Right, right. Um, I didn't realize it was the same are. pair. Yeah, uh, that was their debut. Oh, okay. Uh, it's made in Austria. Um, so uh, is, is it the stepmother? Is she crazy already? The yeah. cult survivor? Um, is the is some uh, survivors or ghosts of the cult haunting this house where they go to? Uh, is everyone dead? Or are they dolls in the house? Um, so it's like um, at one point they watch The Thing, don't they? Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, where you have like this uh, idea of uh, loss of identity and not knowing who the threat is. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, you, there's so many things that could be happening. You don't find out right until the end. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of could be for sure. In fact, I would have said that the kids doing something, kids gaslighting her, right. would be pretty far down on the list uh, when it first starts happening of, you know, what's going on. I, yeah, I don't know when I kind of picked up on maybe not even until they actually, you know, did the little reveal. Where they showed the speaker? Uh huh. Well, the, uh, do they show the speaker before they show them pull the stuff away from the door to the storeroom or the cellar or whatever it exactly is? Yeah, they put the stuff in the wall. I don't remember. Yeah, like. I think you see the speaker first. I think you do. Yeah. And they come out to the steps where she's uh, cradling uh, Grady the dog. Oh, yeah, poor and, uh, and they tell her that they've been up to something. Then they go indoors and dig out all the stuff so they can bring her some clothing. And, and yeah. Yeah. But it's too far gone by then. Oh, yeah. Um, do you think this is a reference to Delbert Grady from The Shining? Oh. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of films this reminds you of. Yeah. In, uh, for the snow. Yeah, the snow and the isolation does want to put you in mind of The Shining. Right, Rebecca, The Shining, The Thing, and yeah. The Innocence. Yeah. Uh, it shows an image from uh, Scream of Fear. This is like co-produced by Hammer. Yeah. And uh, one of their, I think their first, uh, when they were doing like their psychological horror films in the 60s, they did, did a film called, uh, uh, it's called Scream of Fear Here. And it was called Taste of Fear in the UK, mm. um, 1961. That's really good. Um, that's about a woman whose uh, friend commits suicide and she moves to her father's estate uh, in the countryside in, I think it's France. And uh, But then the father disappears and the stepmother's there taking care of her. And, she, and uh, then the father's corpse starts turning up. Hmm. around the house. Not cool. Yeah, so there's, it's got there's some parallels going on there. So, yeah, I think they're very knowing references. Wow. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So, Jolie and I, w when this movie started, um, the first time I watched it, 
immediately I had to scribble down a question to ask you, does the mere appearance of the hammer logo just kind of make you feel tingly? Like, Ooh, hammer it's back. It's, it's, <laughs> um, or is it so different? Yeah, it's a different beast now. I, I'm not expecting that, that style of horror movie. I wish they would do one like, like the, uh, you know, the, uh, busty ladies and, and monsters and yeah. everything. That'd be fun. I wish Some they, as well as the century uh, kind of Gothic thing. Yeah. Yeah. I wish yeah. they would do that in conjunction with doing these like, uh, subtle ones. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I like seeing all that artwork. Yeah, I, I guess really, um, if I were to ask myself the same question, because I I grew up with my go-to being the Universal Monsters, yeah, when I see the Universal logo, that doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you guys, just stop it. I mean, if it's... Yeah, I was happy to see this, this was a hammer film. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I'm glad that they're, you know, they're back... Uh, with some sort of a presence because that gives us hope that they just go better places. And this is good, really good. And uh, I, I like to think that they could go other directions and, and even more quality if they want. Um, yeah. Trigger warning about the dog. Yeah. If you like dogs, <laughs> don't get too attached. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about the scene that, uh, that I mentioned where, uh, I don't know why it creeped me out so much, but the dog here, you hear the floorboards creak and the dog does a growl and they, the camera rows over, moves to the left and you see a door just slowly close while mm-hmm. they were upstairs having sex and the kids are in bed and you're like, what the hell was that? Yeah. They don't explain that in the movie. Uh, creepy. It, it was. Here than any sort of jump scare. I mean, nothing happened in that scene. And yet, if you saw that in real life, you'd be freaked the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one truly eerie thing. Well, like you could explain like the snow angels. Like there had to have been close to a hundred of them out there, right? Yeah. And that clearly took a lot of work. Yeah. Whichever, whichever kid did most of them. Wow. Um, but yeah, that, that would have been like, if, if you were to expect that the snow angels were, uh, you know, something supernatural occurring, that would be the only other thing where you could say, yeah, that was, that was an unexplained thing. But, um, we get pretty far into the movie before we start to see the kids presenting evidence that we actually died because that, that was a faulty, uh, gas heater. Yeah. And you do, yeah. you do have to watch those things. They will kill you in your sleep. But, um, was there some significance to that painting other than the fact that it was just like Catholic religious iconography? It's a, it's a mother figure, isn't it? Yeah. I guess that would mainly be it. Yeah. Yeah. She's sort of watching over everybody all judge judgy looking and kind of spooky. Um, yeah. Cause uh, Grace isn't bothered by well, the crosses and Christian imagery being around at first. Right. But then as they get under her skin and remind her of her uh, background. Yeah. It does. And as the meds wear off, it gets worse and worse. It seems. Oh yeah. Um, 
yeah, Grace saves Mia from the fishing hole. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So she does a good deed pretty early on, but these kids still aren't having it. You know, they're... Yeah. Uh, I was in the position of being a quote-unquote stepdad for a few years of my life. It is the most unrewarding job you will ever have <laughs> in a relationship because uh, I was dating a woman who had a daughter who was young enough to where she would just have attitudes about things that were unreasonable, but old enough to be manipulative and holy cow, that was just not fun. And it's like, Oh, that's what you get for dating an older woman when you're in your late (laughs) twenties. They've already got kids and those kids think you're a horrible person just cause you're not dad. Uh I didn't break them up. What are you doing? This is horrible. They, they were split up before I met your mom. But, uh, yeah, I got, I definitely got, uh, lots of responsibility and lots of, um, aggravation and no real reward for it. There wasn't any of the rewards of like, Oh, I'm proud of this kid or whatever. It's like, nah, you you get, you get nothing. So I imagine that, uh, had this not gone the way it went, there would have been no rewards for this woman, at least for years. No. They would have just hated her forever because she was, uh, in effect, the interloper because the parents could have gotten back together, but they weren't gonna because she showed up and sort of kept a wedge between them. So that's sort of a, uh, like a real roadblock situation, it seems. Like they're, they're, they weren't going to get past this. Not on not on a holiday weekend or couple of weeks or however long it was going to be. They weren't going to make any progress. They weren't going to get past anything. Just no. Even if even if they decided to play along and act nice, or if they got really neat gifts from her for Christmas or anything, they in their in their dark little hearts would have still just hated her. I I felt that uh, when it was too late they were they were sympathetic towards her at least i felt they were they had some affection for her but then it was just way way too late yeah, yeah. i yeah i guess they did they did show a little humanity when it was too late yeah they they felt bad about it because uh, they broke her yeah, yeah you know, I, they, they they're like punishing her but, and then i think if they had got past that and she'd still been okay, it would have gone better, but, uh, obviously, but, uh, <laughs> they've, they've planned all this thing as a dollhouse. You know, they've set everything up in their dollhouse. Yeah. It, it doesn't play out that way. It, you know, real life is too messy and there's consequences and lasting repercussions, which they didn't, you know, account for because they're just kids. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they may be devious, but they but they don't have experience. Um, it's fifty minutes five o minutes into the movie before that part where they wake up, where she wakes up, and all of her belongings have disappeared, including her pills. So that means we have just under an hour left. Like this is pretty much the halfway point. I think the movie's what an hour and forty five minutes. So yeah, we have. Just- it's a. Uh- it's 21 minutes before we see her face as yeah, an adult. That's true. Yeah, when they're getting in the car, right? Right. Yeah, because we see the back of her head disappearing through the gate. 
yeah, she's she's talked about. She, so she's kind of lurking, haunting, like the, the start of the movie. Then oh. uh, twenty one minutes into it, we we see her face when she's uh, in the car. Yeah, yeah. So the so the events that occur that the children have fooled her into thinking has been like a week and a half. It's actually happened over a couple of days, right? Uh-huh. Because yeah. the dad hasn't missed Christmas yet. No. And he's, even with the storm, he's going to make it back, we think. But they've driven her this completely bananas in just two, three days? Yeah, just a couple of days. She, she's yeah. Good tree. <laughs> no meds. <laughs> all kinds of weird stuff happening. Yeah. Cause they, they know how to mess with that clock and she suspects that at first, but then as they start to do, there's no power. The phones are all dead. Uh, yeah. The, the generator, she, she goes, gets lost in the snow. Was that, yeah. yeah. Was that weird house, that weird shaped house? Oh yeah. What was that supposed to be? Was that symbolic? That's great. I think so. Do you, do you have a theory? Well, I, I think yeah, she was imagining it. And that yeah, was dad inside. I thought she's at this point. She thinks she's in purgatory, and she wants to ascend. And uh, she sees this house in a hill, and it's shaped like a cross. Yeah, yeah. the mysterious figure inside it. So it, it's she. It's kind of like God in heaven, and she's not allowed to get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so she has to uh, go back down and, and uh, she circles back to the lodge. Yeah. Right. Okay. <clears throat> but it gives it that kind of feel of uh, being, I don't know, in purgatory or something because <clears throat> it makes it seem like you can't escape the lodge at that point. You know, yeah. she walked in a circle, obviously, but the movie doesn't show it exactly that way oh, shit, you can't escape this. It's a, some sort of twilight zone, you know, which adds to the feeling like, are these kids doing this? Or right. are they dead? Are they really dead? What's going on? And then they planted all the memorial stuff. What did you all think of the... Uh... Oh, go ahead. Well, okay, when we saw them, like, I rewatched the movie, so we saw him, the young boy, packing the straps that he's going to use for the fake hanging... And some candles and some pictures. So uh, they put oh, flowers, yeah. candles, pictures, just barely in the snow for her to discover when she comes back. Uh-huh. So they're still on the plan uh, to drive her crazy and convince her that they've all died. So she finds the candles, the framed picture, you know, the memorial picture. And then I think when they get yeah. when they get back in, I think they hit her with the. Uh, the death notice. And then she was already thinking purgatory with that house, but now they're saying it out loud. Basically is like, look, we're dead and we're stuck here. So, so yeah. Um, and of course, uh, we see repent in the mirror where it, they had written mom before but now it says repent because uh-huh. they know that that's like a trigger word for the cult. Right. Cause that was, yeah, yeah. that was written on the duct tape. So they wrote that on the mirror. Um, 
and they're having it, you know, broadcast through the speaker and all that stuff. So they're still on track with their plan at this point in the movie, but it's going horribly wrong. Yeah. Cause she's, she's only minutes from trudging around circles in the snow on her knees. And then, uh, well, apparently they got too cold cause later she's kneeling on hot coals. So right. She's ooh. yeah. So I did pick up a, my question earlier. I did pick up. Yes. The house was cross shaped. I thought, well, yeah, that's a weird looking house. And <laughs> I considered that it was maybe some sort of a ranger tower or something, but not, but it really wasn't like a ranger tower. It's similar. Uh-huh. It's like, you make a good point. Maybe she imagined it entirely. She definitely imagined the figure in it, but the house itself may have been a, a total mirage. But, uh, yeah, that was my reading. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense than that house actually being there. Um, but this is the point at which after she's trudging on her knees, she finds Grady. And so she's cradling a dead dog. She's completely come unhinged. Now, did the kids leave Grady out to freeze or was it really an accident? The little girl says that she she must have left the door open or something. Right. Yeah, I think I kind of wonder if they wanted the dog to run away for a while, but then the storm blew in. Hmm, perhaps. Yeah, like it's not good either way, but the little girl was truly emotional about it. Like maybe now, that dog is like the first. Like uh, Grace wasn't allowed to have a dog when she was a kid, and so uh, yeah. one of the first things she does when she escapes the cult is to buy her own dog. Yeah. So the dog is like really significant step in her identity uh, outside of the, the cult. Hmm. Yeah. So we're at a hour and almost 25 minutes, 20 minutes to go when the kids confess that, yeah, we, We've been tricking you and we're sorry. So they actually confess, but it's too late. And this is when she kneels. That, that kind of happens in Goodnight Mummy as well. It, it is this kind of twist and other, you know, most other films would end at that point. Yeah. Without, without reveal. But then it keeps going and you wonder how far it's going to go. What's going to happen next? Just gets worse. It <laughs> Um, yeah, this this movie ended pretty dark. It was uh, 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 the the lesson we took from this was uh, this is why you don't pull pranks. Yeah, yeah, they they can backfire in ways you could not imagine. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> yeah. So, um, well, uh, Will, do you want to talk about how it wraps up? Well, uh, yeah, uh, dad, well, what happens? Uh, Grace gets the gun out. She thought she goes and gets the gun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Out of the gun safe. Cause they, they gave her their dad gave her the combination and what do the kids do? They try they're to get in, away. There's they're hiding up in the attic. 
Oh yeah, they want. She wants them to sacrifice something for the Lord, which is the mom doll, which she sets on fire. Yeah. But she's there with a gun in her hand, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoo! She went and got the gun out of the gun safe, and then the kids knock her down or knock her out or something. I know they go get in the car, and the boy can't drive, and he wrecks the car. Well, the dad comes home just as she's uh, she's cornered them in the attic, and uh, they they push her over because uh, she's burning the doll, and uh, and then as she's coming, as they're all coming back downstairs, the dad shows up and he's halfway up the stairs, and uh, Grace explains that uh, it's okay, everyone's already dead, so yeah. it doesn't try to do this, and then she shoots him. Shoots him. And uh, she doesn't know why he doesn't just get up again. And meanwhile, the kids go outside and and they're old enough to to start the car, but then they immediately yeah. get snow. Yeah, because Dad had a hard time earlier pulling out of the uh, out of the driveway with. All yeah, he, he knows he has to reverse and then go, you know, until he can turn around. But the kids just reverse straight into a snowbank. Yeah. As, and, as, uh, tracking shot when she exits the house and you, and you can hear them struggling and you don't know exactly what's going on but the camera's just following her as she goes out of the uh, the house and down the steps and like, yeah. like Michael, she goes along the road yeah like Michael Myers pace <laughs> yeah like you could you could put that soundtrack music from Halloween on it dun 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 dun! <laughs> I mean, she's just <laughs> slow walking over, yeah. And it is the hysteria off, just off, you know, camera, just out of frame. Right. Yeah, it's pretty effective. It was. And, yeah. Oh, poor kids. Then it cuts to the dinner scene. Yep. <laughs> now, Happy Christmas. No. Happy Christmas. Do you think at this point? I don't know. I'm disappointed in the boy. If we're, if we're to believe it ends how we are sort of presented, it's going to end. She's going to kill both of them and then herself. Yeah. If that's the case, which we assume is the case, I am disappointed in the boy for not just like leaping across the table and, and slapping the gun away from the table. Cause she's not even holding it. And then she walks around and puts duct tape on their mouth. At this point, He's got to just get on her like the alien face hugger while the little girl goes and chucks the gun in the snow. Yeah. And then, you know, get the shovel. But weren't they tied up? Were they tied up? I don't remember. But You know, if they are tied up, I don't know that it's on camera well enough that I noticed it. I'd have to watch. Yeah, I know they're seated. Yeah. She puts the, the tape over their mouth. But they're, they're stuck in the, the middle of nowhere with this. Yeah, it doesn't matter if they're tied. Woman, their father's just been killed. She's got a gun. I, I just I just read it as they're just terrified. They can't do anything. You know? Yeah. You, you like yeah, to imagine that you're this functioning action hero in extreme situations, but you don't know what you're going to be like. Sure, yeah. I suppose. I mean, if she's holding the gun, okay, I excuse the not tackling her thing. But if that gun's sitting on the table... You got to do something, but you're right. You're right. You don't know. You're not there. Yeah. You can't, you can't play headed a been me scenario. Yeah. But yeah. 
I think I think there's always something like this that that uh, is going to give the audience that last moment of hope that something will turn out differently, but it doesn't. It goes. Yeah. It goes to black. We'll find out in Lodge Two. Yeah, it'll be a totally different cast, different direct, <laughs> different writer and director. Right. Yep. The dad will be played by Robert Englund. Right. Or it'll be Tom Holland. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, was this a surprise? The quality of this, Jolien, like. Uh, no, I'd seen Good Night, Mummy. So. Oh yeah. And I- so you looked at who made it and you knew it was going to be good. Yeah. Okay. Will, was this a total surprise? This is a, a pretty big surprise. Uh, I think Jolien has mentioned wanting to see the lodge back when we were still meeting uh, in person for the podcast. And I meant to look it up, and but then I forgot about it and then, for some reason, Hulu had a, a little ad for it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, the lodge." I never watched that. Yeah. But yeah, I was I was really uh, pleased with this film. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you found it because I, I wanted to actually go and see it, but it was only playing at tiny theaters out in the burbs. Mm. Yeah. And then I think coronavirus hit, and <laughs> right <laughs> now movie theaters are no more. Yeah, the, the yeah, there's just tumbleweeds blowing through the uh, ticket booths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll go down there and get a sack of popcorn out from behind the counter. It's like <laughs> pop my own at home. Oh lordy! So, um, I guess this kind of goes without saying. It's a recommend. Uh, Definitely, it's available on Hulu, and uh, yeah, quality's great. Um, good, good young actors too. Yeah, I thought the, it looked really great. They did. The boys and knot. The boys and knives out. He's the uh, the Nazi kid. Oh, was he? Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, the kids did all the heavy lifting in this one. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, yeah, so cool. And uh, yeah, that was um, Elvis Presley's granddaughter, of course, played Grace. Yeah. Really. Yeah, that was um, uh, Riley Keough. And if you look her up, that is um, uh, Priscilla Presley's uh, daughter. They they filmed this in uh, uh, chronological order. I'm sorry. So she could follow her character's descent. Yeah. Ah. That makes sense. Um, Lisa Marie was the mom. I'm sorry. Priscilla is the grandmother. yeah, I think that works. I kind of wonder why more uh, filmmakers don't do that. I guess shooting in sequence isn't always optimal, depending on locations and stuff. Yeah, it, it's yeah. Uh, you lose money on it because you can't say, oh, every every scene that occurs at this location we can do and then just edit it into the order of the story. Right. For, for example. So, uh, yeah, it is more expensive to do it that way. Yeah. But worth it. <laughs> if you have yeah. so, if you have someone going into the depths of darkness like this, yeah, cool. They also did uh, American Graffiti that way. They filmed it later and later in the night, so oh. people more and more tired oh, in yeah. order. So that makes it sense. looked like you know it was six a.m. after a night of driving around. By the end of the film, 
Yeah. So, um, Jolie, uh, I believe it's your turn to choose the movie. Did you have one in mind for next week? Uh, yes. One of you seen uh, Pie Racket? Is that? Yeah, I had seen it. Yeah. I... Do you think it's good? I definitely think it's worth a look. If I okay, I, I saw that one was on Hulu. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm just asking because I know one of you have seen it. But and they, Hulu's also got uh, Assassination Nation. Assassination Nation. Is the, um, I'm not familiar. It's uh, yeah, that one sounds interesting. That was that was from last year, I think. Okay. Cool. But yeah, I was looking around for films that are on streaming because you know most of my favorite films are back in the days of uh, theaters, and uh, yeah, so, so they're harder to share around. Right. But uh, yeah, I thought those are a couple of interesting ones that I knew that we could all see. All right. Well, it's been a while since we've done a witch thing, isn't it? Isn't it? Think so. Down for witch thing. Yeah. Okay, so shall we do pie racket then? Let's do that. Pie yeah, and uh, maybe there could be some good supporting materials. Uh, maybe there's a Bigfoot tie-in to witches that I could find somewhere, and you know. All right. Right. <laughs> some off. I have to. <laughs> some off. I have to say, thing. I think. Uh, I think my favorite subgenre of horror now is uh, cult movies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll look around for some more for you. Good. Yeah. Uh, that I can share with you. I think okay. I've got some I can I can send you. Yeah. There's. Okay. There's something about cults that I think is especially frightening right now because we've got like entire groups of people who are like, like, don't tell me to wear the mask. I'll do what I want. And uh, it's like, but why don't you want to be safe? No, our leader tells us no. (laughs) So we do, we do what he says. And I think that makes it more scary now. Yeah. Because yeah. they, what else are they capable of? So <laughs> I hope we don't find out the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys, is that uh, is that good for uh, this week? Yeah. And uh, as, as we record, tomorrow is the centenary of the birth of Ray Harryhausen. So I'll be watching a Harryhausen movie, too. How yeah. cool. There's a Excellent. There's a great documentary about him that I'll probably rewatch to celebrate that. Okay. He gave us a lot and it's been carried yes. forward nicely. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we'll do this again in a week and, uh, and listeners, thank you for listening and repent. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs>